You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. I feel like Santa Claus today. Well, maybe more like Mrs. Claus, because of course, I'm more partial to her girl power and all that. But today, I feel like that because I'm opening up the sack, the email sack, that is, to answer your questions, the ones I've been getting most from you. Have I told you lately how much I absolutely love connecting with you? The best thing this podcast has brought to my life is a bunch of new IBD mom friends that I've been able to connect with and learn from and support over these last months that the Cheeky Podcast has been live. And I feel like if there's a question that I hear from different ladies multiple times, it's got to be a question that many of us with IBD have. So today I'm sharing with you the answers to those very questions. But before we get to the Q's and A's, I want to ask you if you're a member of the Gut Love community yet. The GLC is our free and fabulous community of fellow IBD mamas all trying to heal in whatever way works for us. The GLC is a place for weekly emails with tips and tricks to help you think outside the box when it comes to healing your IBD. And it's full of freebies like gut healing recipes and resources that I only share with our mom group. If you're looking for more Crohn's and colitis support, join us in the Gut Love community. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you so that you can hop on the gut love train. But if you want to join us, you can also go to karenhaley.com forward slash community. That's karenhaley.com forward slash community, K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com forward slash community, and you can join us there. All right, are you ready? Are you ready to dive into my most asked questions, the ones that are coming up most in your emails? All right, let's do this. Question number one, is there anything I can do with the leftover almond pulp when I make homemade almond milk? I feel really bad throwing it away. Well, yes, in fact, there is something you can do with the almond pulp. And I totally get your negative thoughts hear about throwing it away because we're a community of super healthy eaters who are also thoughtful about not wanting to be wasteful. So let me go ahead and start at the beginning here. For anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of making nut milk, and you should because it's really healthy, it's gut healing, and it's delightful tasting. And best of all, when you make your own nut milk, it isn't full of the crappy ingredients you find in nut milks at the grocery store. 
Nut milks like almond milk and cashew milk, they're made from nuts that are soaked first. Then the nuts are blended into a milky liquid and it has lots of grit in it. And that grit, that's the nut pulp that we're talking about here. We want our milk to be as smooth and as creamy and grit-free as possible because, of course, nobody wants to drink that pulp with their milk. That would not be appetizing. So after blending, we basically drain the milk through something called a nut milk bag. And this is really the most fun part of the process in making the nut milk, especially for kids, because they love it. It's almost like milking a cow. And of course, I've never milked a cow. It probably isn't anything like that, but it reminds me of what I think milking a cow might be like. But I like to call it milking a herd of nuts. Haha. And so once you have your smooth and creamy nut milk, and for this example, let's say we're making almond milk, there will be some almond pulp left in the nut milk bag. There's actually quite a bit in there. And for a long time, I've been making nut milk for years and years and years, but for a long time, when I started making the nut milk, I would just throw away this part. It wasn't the part that was needed for the finished product, so I just discarded it. And then I started thinking that there's no reason why I can't use this part of the nut. It's not like it's inedible, right? It's still part of the nut. It's edible. Why can't we use it? There's nothing wrong with that at all. So at the same time, I was really into making date balls. Have you ever had those? They're dates and you mix them in a food processor with other ingredients like nuts or coconut, vanilla, things like that. And then you pulse it into this really nice sweet treat that you can have after a meal. And I wondered if there might be some sort of treat that I could make with the leftover almond pulp, something like these date balls, and hence my almond pulp treats were born. And so now, as soon as I'm done making my almond milk, I take the pulp and I put it into a bowl. To that, I add in cashew butter because I'm partial to cashew butter, but whatever kind of nut butter you like. I also add in a little bit of honey, some raw cacao powder, and just a quick side note here, the cacao powder, that is not SCD legal. I always like to say that in case you're on the SCD, but it's a great place. It's a great starting point if you have been on the SCD for a while and you're starting to branch off. It's a good first thing to branch off with. Or if you're not on the SCD at all, then you're fine with the raw cacao, but I like to point that out. I also add in just a little bit of vanilla and a pinch of salt, and that's it. Those are the ingredients. I mix these together. I give it a stir to incorporate all of the ingredients. And then I roll it into tiny, probably about two inch size round balls. And then for a little extra special treat, a little touch, a little extra special touch on the outside, I like to coat my almond pulp treats in either finely chopped nuts like pecans or cashews, or sometimes I roll them in unsweet shredded coconut flakes, which is also delicious. So now I have these little tiny delightful pop-in-your-mouth treats with a touch of sweetness and they are gut healthy and they give you something to do with your almond pulp. I love these little cuties. Can you tell how much I love them? I think they're perfect for a little sweet treat after a meal. My kids even eat them, so they're even kid approved. 
They keep their shape best though when you store them in the refrigerator. So I would keep them in there and they'll last you for about one week. And if you want my full almond pulp treat recipe with the ingredient amounts, I will go ahead and leave a link for that in the show notes. You can also get it though by going to karenhaley.com forward slash almond pulp. And remember, it's Karen with a Y, so it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y dot com forward slash almond pulp. All right, you can get the complete recipe if you go there. So that's what I do with my almond pulp. What do you do? What do you do with your almond pulp? Do you trash it? Do you do something amazing with it? Let me know because I love to hear some other options as well. I know there's other ideas out there. Awesome. Okay, let's move on to question number two. Question number two that I'm getting a lot of lately. And I have to tell you that we're really running the gamut here. This is like anything that could possibly happen with Crohn's, within the world of Crohn's and colitis. So we went from almond pulp treats and now we're moving on to mouth sores. So it could be anything here. So here we go. Sores in my mouth are driving me crazy. They are so annoying and painful. What can I do to get rid of them quickly? All right. First of all, know that everyone gets ulcers or canker sores in their mouth from one time to one time or another. But for those of us with Crohn's and colitis, these mouth sores, they can be really debilitating. And I do know this firsthand. I have a lot of firsthand experience with ulcers in my mouth. In my late teens, it wasn't unusual for me to have 20 or 30 of them at a time. And I know that seems like a lot and it is a lot and it really, really sucked. There's just no other way to put it because it really sucked. And I remember when they were at their worst, I really wasn't able to eat or talk. It just felt awful. They would be all over my mouth, the roof of my mouth, on top of my tongue, the bottom of my tongue, inside my cheeks, even in the back of my throat sometimes. I remember at the time trying to drink lots of milkshakes to soothe them. It just felt like, you know, something cold and creamy. And of course, this is the 80s, so we didn't have smoothies at the time. (laughs) That wasn't a fad, so it wasn't smoothies. But I did drink lots of milkshakes because that's really the only thing that I could drink, the only thing that felt comfortable to me. And these mouth ulcers, they're very common with Crohn's especially. As we know with Crohn's, we can have symptoms anywhere through the digestive tract from the mouth all the way to the anus. These mouth symptoms are an indication that disease is active and that inflammation is present. And in the long run, we need to treat the larger issue and get to the root cause of the active disease and the inflammation with gut healing food and supplements and possibly medication and even stress management and other mindfulness techniques. But in the meantime, we have to feel better, right? We want relief. And luckily, I have a home, re- a home remedy that you can try to ease the pain of your mouth ulcers. And it's made with ingredients I'm sure that you already have in your house. That's always awesome when that happens. So this two ingredient, well, actually three ingredient because there's water in there if you include water. So three ingredient remedy for mouth ulcers is hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, and warm water. Now, I have to tell you that I'm not much of a measurer, but I'm going to try and eyeball it for you here. I would say that 
I probably add one to two teaspoons of hydrogen peroxide with a quarter teaspoon of baking soda. I put that in a small disposable Dixie cup and you could use a regular cup as well. Whatever cup you have on hand doesn't have to be a Dixie cup. And then to that, I add just a little bit of warm water. And in a Dixie cup, I do it about halfway up. So we're not talking about a lot of water. I go ahead and then swish the mixture around in my mouth for 30 seconds. 30 seconds to a minute, and then I spit it out. I would go ahead and repeat this about four times a day while you're experiencing mouth ulcers. The hydrogen peroxide kills the bad bacteria that's in your mouth and the baking soda neutralizes any acid that's present in keeping your mouth inflamed. This technique, it's worked for me with a mouthful of canker sores. It's worked for clients who experience mouth sores and for even just my family members when they end up with one canker sore. The key here is to just be consistent and be patient with it because it can take a few days to start working. And also, I do want to also say that I find it's best to do this swish, this mouth swish before you eat because I find that it really helps calm things down so that eating isn't so painful. So try doing it then and hopefully it will help your mouth ulcers calm down a little bit so that you can get at least some immediate relief. Okay, let's move on to question number three. Question number three is this. I'm trying to cut down on sugar to help my IBD. Are there any sweeteners that are healthy? I love this question. This is such a good question. But first, first, let me just say, it's awesome. It's awesome that you're trying to cut down on sugar. It's awesome for anybody, right? But it's awesome for you, especially with IBD. And take it from an ex-sugar addict, it's hard. So I really commend you for your efforts because I get just how hard that can be when you're so used to having sugar. Sugar, it feeds the bad bacteria in our gut and it weakens our digestive tract. So to put it bluntly, sugar and IBD, they just don't mix. While I do recommend keeping your sugar intake quite low, I know that it would be really hard to go without any sugar in your life. The sugars I see my clients tolerating best are the natural sugars, natural sweeteners like honey. And when it comes to honey, I really like raw and manuka honey best, particularly those because they're really high in gut beneficial enzymes. I also like pure natural maple syrup, coconut sugar, date sugar, and sugar from fruit, especially berries. Let me go ahead and just explain the why behind each of these natural sweet options because I want to give you just a little bit more context for each individual option to help you decide which one might be best for you. So let's start with honey. Honey is fantastic. It's a great sweetener. It's an immune system booster. It's antiviral. It's antimicrobial. It's full of antioxidants. So honey is fantastic. Maple syrup. Maple syrup, it's also a great sweetener. It's a source of minerals like zinc and magnesium, and it helps fight inflammation and also improves our immune system because it's a great source of antioxidants. 
coconut sugar. Coconut sugar is another great option, particularly because it's low on the glycemic index. It's also low in fructose. And I mentioned that because I've seen a lot of mamas with IBD struggle with fructose intolerance. So coconut sugar could be a better option if this is the case for you. Coconut sugar is also great because it has trace amounts of minerals like zinc, magnesium, calcium, iron, and potassium. And it's another sweetener that's full of antioxidants. Date sugar, that is also low on the glycemic index, as well as it's a good source of antioxidants. And I like this, it's a good source of fiber, which is also good for us. And what is better than nature's candy as a sweetener? Fruit. My favorite type of fruit sweetener is berries because they're loaded with vitamins and antioxidants and berries they're also high in fiber and they're high in vitamin c so you're getting that additional benefit when you sweeten with berries berries even help fight inflammation awesome right so there's lots of different sweeteners that you can have you don't need to think that there's only one option out there for you there's lots of healthy sweeteners available to you when you're trying to lower your sugar intake we want to use these sweeteners in moderation of course instead of table sugar and when you do that you will definitely benefit your ibd overall When it comes to sugar, though, I do have to say, I want to say one last point. It's worth mentioning that I want you to be careful of hidden sugars that are found in carbohydrates. When we think of sugar, we often think about candy and soda, but there's actually other ways that we can get too much sugar in our sensitive system. High starch foods like white potatoes and pasta and white bread, these will also increase the amount of sugar in your body. When we're thinking about lowering our sugar intake to help our IBD, don't forget about also lowering your carb intake as well, especially with those white starches. And when you do both, when you think about lowering your sugar intake by really being mindful about the sweeteners that you are putting in your body, while also thinking about lowering your carb intake, your gut will really reap the benefits that will help your IBD. All right, we have one last question we're going to tackle today. Question number four, and question number four is this. I'm trying to drink more water. Can I count tea in my water total for the day? This is another fantastic question. I'm so glad that you asked it because I get this question all the time. And I'm so glad that you're drinking more water. It's the healthiest beverage. As you know, it's the healthiest beverage that you can possibly drink. The answer to this question, though, is a yes and a no, at least from my perspective. So yes, I typically count tea for water, but not all tea can be counted as water. So we have lots of different types of tea when it comes to tea. Black tea and green tea, they have wonderful benefits and they're worth drinking, but I would not count those as water. So I wouldn't count that in your water consumption for the day. I would, however, count herbal tea. So those would be teas like peppermint tea, ginger tea, chamomile tea, lemongrass tea, as long as the only ingredient in that tea is in the name of the tea. 
like it would be just peppermint or just ginger and within the tea there's no artificial flavors or even natural flavors or other ingredients that are added to the tea if it's like that then you can include herbal tea in your total water intake for the day now some of my favorite places to get high quality loose leaf herbal tea on the internet are companies like rose mountain herbs Arbor Tea is another great one, as well as Star West Botanicals. And I have to say, I am partial to loose leaf tea. It's always the best option for your best gut healing benefit when it comes to herbal tea. But I know that that's not always an option for everyone. So I want to mention when it comes to bag teas, when it comes to tea in a bag, and we're talking about herbal teas specifically here, I really like traditional medicinals. Their ingredients tend to be very clean, and what the box states is in the tea bag is actually in the tea bag. Okay, my friend, that's a wrap. That is a wrap on the Gut Love Community email bag. Your answers to the questions that are being asked most often. Like I said at the top of this episode, one of the things that I love most about doing this podcast is connecting with you. So thanks so much for reaching out with your questions about IBD and with your positive thoughts about the show. You inspire me to keep doing the work that I do. So thank you for that. Continue sending your questions and comments my way. You can send them to me at hello at karenhaley.com. It's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com. Hello at karenhaley.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD healing journey. Chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, if you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practice is run online so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. 
If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.